You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Hello Wind Column podcast. Alongside the award-winning Mike Bassick, former major leaguer, I'm Jared Sandler. And Mike, I think our streak's still alive. And this nine-game winning streak for the Rangers certainly helps. I don't think we have (laughs) recorded a podcast the morning after a loss since the season started. That is cool. I thought you were talking about you're getting closer and closer to me becoming Hulk Hogan on Fox Sports Southwest this year. And that's what, 20? It is 20. But I also told you that at 10, you had to not get a haircut for the rest of the year. I do not remember that at all. I feel like that happened. Well... I will say this. Obviously, when you listen to the podcast, things could change. Tonight will be a tough one just because they are facing a pretty decent left-handed pitcher. But, hey, the Rangers are rolling right now. And the great thing is, is being a former player is when your team gets going like this, you feel like you can't lose. That something is going to happen in the game to give you that opportunity to win, and you just feel like your team's going to take advantage of it and do it. Eventually, they'll lose. Eventually, this winning streak will go away. But right now, the Rangers going in tonight to Detroit for the three-game set is feeling as confident as any team in Major League Baseball. And you uh, you referenced the tough lefty Daniel Norris, a guy with a lot of potential uh, who, you know, like a lot of young pitchers, hit and miss sometimes. But when he's, when he's hitting, and, and I guess as a pitcher – uh, when he's missing bats, he's uh, yeah. he's pretty tough. And he lives in a van down by the river. Down by the river with Chris Farley. Rest in peace. And uh, you know what I'm talking about there, right? Yeah. For, no, no, for the, guy, yeah, for the yeah. listeners, he does, yeah. he does during spring training at least uh, when he was with Toronto. He lived at Walmart in an RV. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, van man, right? Isn't that what they yeah. started to call him? Yeah. Uh, was traded uh, traded last year to the Tigers in one of those, uh, one of those deadline deals. Uh, all right. It's for David Price. Oh, so that's right. It was part of the price deal. Good yeah. call. Uh, so two years ago, two years ago. Uh, all right. So nine game win streak. I'm curious what you find to be most integral to this streak. I'll tell you that for me, it's it's nothing really that sexy. Uh, you know, over this nine game streak, the Rangers have committed one error. They've walked less than a batter and a half per game, and they're walking a little more than four times per game. And I think winning the freebie battle so drastically uh, has played a big part because when you look at this this roster and you look at the stats over the last nine games, yeah, Nomar Mazzara's been all right. You know, he's reached 17 his last 34 plate appearances. That's more than all right. That's really good. <laughs> but I think he has like seven extra base hits over his eight-game hitting streak, seven extra base hits over this nine-game winning streak. And that's not anything crazy. I, I got to believe that when a team goes on a nine-game winning streak, there's at least one guy in the lineup who is just, you know, you, you say Hulk Hogan, a Hulk Hogan-type contributor, and the Rangers just haven't had that. But they've had a lot of guys getting on base, and 
uh, they've come up with some timely hits with runners in scoring position. I'm totally with you. This is clean baseball. What you're doing is is you've played teams that aren't as good as you in the homestand, and you're making them beat you. If you don't give them free bases, as in walks or errors, and when you come up to the plate and you make the guys make pitches to get you out, you see what the Rangers can do against average to beloved teams. It doesn't mean they'll win every one, but this is clean baseball. If you can play clean baseball a lot of the season, this team is talented enough to win 90 games. Going back to the start of the season, this is the most unpredictable team that I think we've had to cover since covering the Texas Rangers because we saw, boy, they could lose 90 or they could win 90. You could see it going either way, and right now the clean baseball shows you how good it can go. In 2015, they were really bad to start the year, and they didn't. It was in mid-May where they, they went on a run. I remember they went on a nine-game road trip. I think it was Cleveland, New York, Boston. I don't remember the order. I think they went 7-2, and two, and they were starting to turn things around. They didn't win nine straight. But, and, and, and I don't have anecdotal stuff to bring up. I just remember thinking when the Rangers were 8-16 and 16, that this team just isn't that bad, and they're going to make a run at this. I, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. I remember talking to some people. I think it was... You know, some tough losses late that, you know, I didn't think would keep up throughout the year. But there were, I had legitimate questions about this team. You know, I I wasn't as confident that this group would turn it around. But they've turned around way quicker than that 2015 group. And I'm absolutely floored that we're sitting here on May 19th talking about a team two games over 500. I'm much shocked that this team has made it back towards 500. I think we talked about that maybe like three or four weeks ago that, we could absolutely see this team turning things around. It, it was only a matter of time before things got better, but how sharply they've made that turn has surprised me. And I know they've beat bad teams, but you play games on your yeah. schedule. And I, I hate this argument. Yeah, you're right. They have not been beating up on the big dogs. And they're going to have to beat up on the big dogs if they're going to win 90 games and make the playoffs. But you make no apologies because when this streak started, before it started, the Rangers were characterized the same way as the teams that they've been beating. Yeah. And you got to, you know, if, if you need to play these teams or if your schedule is, if you're lucky enough that your schedule puts these teams uh, up next when you're struggling and trying to get on a roll, then you run with it. I mean, that's no apologies necessary. Here's what I believe is this sport means the least uh, when it comes to who you beat in the regular season. I think it matters in basketball. If you follow basketball at all, you can see why the Spurs killed the Rockets. They did it in the regular season and why Cleveland's killing Boston basketball because regular season kind of proved that out. Baseball's different. Baseball, just because you go, let's just say you play the Red Sox coming up here soon and you go one and five against them, but you both win 92 games and you make the playoffs. Very rarely... Will it just be, well, you can't beat them. We saw it in the regular season because we saw it in May and we saw it in July when you play the, the Red Sox. It's, it's totally different. What you need to do in a long season like this is rack up 90 wins. However, you can get them, and 90 probably, you can get into this in a second if you want, 90 probably won't win this division, but 90 will get you a wild card spot. Right. So however you do it, whether it's against the Phillies, or against uh, the Washington Nationals. For example, they lost the other day the Miami Marlins. Well, does that mean they're a bad team now? No, they're the best team in the National League. The bad teams are going to win 60 to 75 games. So I, I'm with you with that. Uh, it's on the schedule. You take advantage of it, and, and you try to win those games. And here's the other deal about 22 and 20. 
if we would have said, Jared, to start the year, Beltre's not going to play in the first 42 games so far and probably the first 55 games or so, and you're going to be over 500. And Cole Hamels, after four starts or five starts this year, is going to go down, and you're going to have to go at least two times through the rotation through this 22 and 20 without him in the rotation. You'd say, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're 22 and 20, and Beltre hasn't played a game, and Cole Hamels has been out of the rotation two times through. And I'm also going to tell you that Sam Dyson's going to be the worst closer in Major League Baseball in 2017. And within 10 days into the season, he will be out of pitching big time innings. And you say, but we're going to be 22 and 20. You take it. Yes. Now. You know, you bring up 90 wins might not win you the division. I think that's a very fair assessment. You're probably going to have to exceed 90 by a few wins with the way the yeah. the Astros are playing. And it's not just about how they're playing now. I mean, on paper, this is a very good team. Uh, this is not a surprise that they're near the top of the American League and, and currently at the top of the American League. It's not even close. Uh, no. You know, it's just not a surprise. And, and it pains me to admit it, but... Right now, it's probably the most complete team in the American League when you consider how much the Indian starters are struggling. The fact that Dallas Keuchel is back in Cy Young form is huge for them. McCullers has become a really good pitcher. You know what? And I would tell you that McCullers last year was a really good pitcher, just one healthy. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously gotten better, and, and you yeah. would be able to break down and why that is. sometimes when you look at young guys, you're like, okay, that was good. Can he repeat it or become sure. better? And a lot of times there's a little bit of a regression your sophomore year. Uh, or maybe kind of your junior year, just because teams start figuring out what you do, and then they can tell what you're from a pitcher standpoint. You got to start changing up your sequences because they figure out at times. Oh, when it's two and one, he is going to throw a cutter eighty percent of the time. So they sit on a pitch where that was usually getting you back to a good count, a two-two count. But McCullers has done a really good job with that. Also with the Astros, uh, I was reading yesterday that they're already making phone calls to teams that are probably not going to want to compete for a playoff spot because their back end of their rotation, Mike Fires or Fears? Fires, he says. Fires is horrible, right? A yeah. five seven five ERA as I'm speaking right now. And then is it Musgrove? Joe Musgrove. He's His ERA has become better his last time through the rotation, but he got off to a really bad start. He's right in around four and a half, four six ERA. And it looks like, the Astros are already making phone calls to try to take one of those guys out of the rotation and add a guy that they would like to be as good as McCullers. They, uh, and that's another scary thing. The Rangers have had this in their favor the last couple of years, but the Astros have the ability in their farm system with all their assets to make not just one, but multiple moves. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really good team. 90 wins probably won't win you the division. 90 wins will almost certainly get you into a, into the playoffs with the second wild card. If you so. look at kind of average wins for a play, for a wild card team, you're looking at about 87, 88 wins. If you can get to 87, 88, that will usually get you one of the two wild card spots. And I know a lot of people like to look at pace and whatnot. The Rangers right now are on pace for 85 wins. Okay. That will have them right there in it that last week. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh I want to get into the rotation for the Rangers. Okay. Best rotation ERA in Major League Baseball. That Awesome. Oh, it's, yeah, 3-3-3 ERA as of this morning. They're doing it without studs, and you mentioned Cole Hamels. I mean, he's out. He's been out now for uh, a few weeks, and he's going to be out for several more weeks with the oblique injury. But, Mike, you know, we didn't really include the defensive aspect, the fielding aspect of this when we considered the different elements of the team prior to the year, but 
bullpen rotation lineup. I think we, I think most people, almost everyone had one and two lineup or bullpen. True. And rotation was a clear cut three. True. Uh, and, and it wasn't as much, I guess people had varying degrees of confidence in Hamels and Darvish, but it was more three, four, and five. What are you going to get out of Perez and Kashner and uh, AJ Griffin and Tyson Ross and all these question marks? I'm shocked that the rotation has been this good. And, and frankly, the Rangers are 22 and 20. If the rotation was just middle of the pack, which would be okay with me, I would have taken that at right. the beginning of the year. You'd say, hey, we got a middle of the pack rotation. But if the Rangers had a middle of the pack rotation, then instead of 22 and 20, they're probably 16 and 26. Yeah, something like that. It would be bad. I, the one guy that I'm most surprised with and, and excited about is Andrew Kashner. Because, look, I'm going to be honest here. I didn't like the signing when I saw it at one year, $10 million. I thought it should be more like a one-year, $3 million contract where if you felt like he was pitching like the Miami Marlin, Andrew Kashner, or last year's Padres Kashner, that you could release him and move on and move forward. But he is pitching almost as well as when he was in his prime. The only reason I won't say as well, even though his ERA is good, is just because he's still – fine-tuning his command, but his stuff is there. I give a lot of credit to the Rangers front office first for taking the risk on Andrew Kashner, and then I give a lot of credit to Doug Brokell and the rest of the pitching coach staff that looked at Andrew Kashner and said, we see a guy that can't get guys out in Miami the second half of last season, but we can fix it. We can get that to be a good pitcher and also a tougher hitter uh, league because of the designated hitter. Sure. So I'm really impressed specifically with Andrew Kashner. Uh, obviously, A.J. Griffin has gotten off to a very good start. So those two guys that were supposed to be fighting for your fifth spot kind of, or gosh, okay, when they pitch, let's score five to six runs. And they do for Griffin, even though he does, yeah. pitch is good. But those guys have been awesome. So Andrew Kashner, to me, is at the forefront of the million-dollar question with this rotation, and that is, is it sustainable? And with Kashner specifically, you mentioned the control or the command, however you want to characterize it. He's walked more than he struck out. And typically that does not lead to, to success moving forward. Now, uh, you know, I think Banny always brings up a good point when you talk about past numbers that it's not a, a guaranteed predictor of what's to come. And, and right. I think that we would both agree that if Andrew Kashner a month and a half from now still walked more than he struck out, that ERA in the twos is going to be somewhere in the fours. True. But – that doesn't mean that just because he's done it so far, it's going to stay that way. Uh, so the question is, is the success of this rotation sustainable? And I think that for a guy like Kashner, there are improvements that need to be made. Uh, you know, can A.J. Griffin keep this up? And maybe the question with Griffin is, can he stay healthy? Because that's been a challenge for him. Uh, you know, as long as Nick Martinez is in the rotation, can he keep this up? Martin Perez, you know, we love to bash on Perez because at one point we thought maybe he could be a top-of-the-rotation guy. He's got an ERA in the threes. He's got a three seven one ERA. Uh, can he keep this up, especially doing so with a lot of flyouts and not a lot of groundouts, which is totally opposite from what we're used to yeah. with him. Or the lefty righty. The lefty righties. Yeah, he's you know lefties have just torn him to pieces, which is unusual. Yeah. And, and righties have struggled. Yeah, and then and then now the Rangers do go on a road trip. I was really happy Perez got to pitch the last day of the homestand, yeah. just because that is somewhat consistent with his career is that he does struggle on the road. So it was nice on this homestand that he pitched the last one. And I believe it's a nine game road trip. They're yep. going So he only has to pitch one game in this road trip okay, instead of two games. 
yep. in it. So, but do you think this is sustainable? Three, three, three. I do not. Sure, but I, do you think this could be a top ten rotation? And remember, I think, Tyson I, Ross I, is a wild card here. I think so. I think when I think when you go with quality starts and you go with uh, ERA, which are two huge categories, because quality start gives you an opportunity to win every game you pitch. If your guy goes six innings, three runs, I know that's not good for you, Darvish, but for all the other guys, that gives you a great chance to win. And even Darvish doing that gives you a chance to win. You just like for it to be more dominant. Yes, I will be positive and say yes. The Rangers can. Stay in the top 10 of Major League Baseball and the top five of the American League. Uh, and it's a lot of faith in guys that don't really have knockout stuff. You uh, Darvish does. Don't get me wrong there. But, right, Jared? I mean, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. For a rotation, when you look at uh, the Washington Nationals and you look at Strasburg and Scherzer and, you know, I'm forgetting, is maybe Gio Gonzalez might still be in that rotation. I'm yep, drawing yep. blanks on yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you start looking at stuff of, like, a Washington Nationals organization, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's that can keep up or get better because of the stuff that they throw on a nightly basis. Well, I think, you know, I don't know that this is a direct indicator of stuff, but the Rangers still rank near the bottom, if not at the bottom of the of the majors in strikeouts per nine innings from the from the mound. Okay. And that's, but, uh, you know, as far as sustainability, again, for me, Tyson Ross is the wild card. Because uh, I don't know that Nick Martinez can sustain this. Could you imagine if they hit on two Padres? Oh, my gosh. I was hoping for one. Yeah. And I was putting more money on Tyson Ross than I was on Kashner if if I was betting. But they've hit on one so far. And if they hit on another one. That's that huge. Would, yeah. That's big. All right, we got some questions here from uh, from listeners. At Joe Siegler wants to know, what do you see happening with the roster when Ross comes off the DL? Well, <laughs> we're still a few weeks away from that. So the the, the best answer is... Let's wait and see. It always works itself out. It's amazing. Last year when we talked about a six-man rotation, and they were down to a one-and-a-half-man rotation. We, we talked about it this year. Like I, you know, I remember with KNC, they were asking me about the possibilities of a six-man rotation. I think the very next day, A.J. Griffin went down with gout. So, yeah. uh, and if, if the decision had to be made today, I think it's an easy one. Nick Martinez goes back to AAA. Okay. Uh, Not to the bullpen. No, because I think they... You keep, one dirt, area where you keep the, Dirks as the kind of longer guy? Yeah, okay. and, and you know, if, if you need to make a change, then Bass can take his spot. The reason why I don't think you move Nick Martinez to the bullpen is because one area where the Rangers lack is starting pitching depth. And I think it's important to keep Nick in that kind of in that routine. So that I hear when you, you need to, to bring him up as a as a spot starter, he's ready to roll. That's I just my you. thought. I, I, I can see that. Um, if it's Nick or Bivens Dirks, then you probably go with Nick in the bullpen, but I don't necessarily think it's that. I think it's I think Anthony Bass will eventually come back as the long man. Hey, I have a question for you. And I didn't ask you this before the podcast, so I know I'm catching you here maybe sure. a little off guard. I see Jake Diekman hanging around the ballpark, walking around, and I thought he was supposed to be on bed rest after that surgery for a long time. So I'm getting more optimistic without knowing personally anything about where Jake Diekman is in his rehab. He's still got one more surgery left in about three yeah. weeks, and yeah. that's uh, that's going to be a big one. He'll come back. He'll start throwing. I know he's been doing, you know, at least he told me that he was planning on doing some incredibly light baseball-type activity between the second and third surgery. Uh, I know right after the surgery, he wasn't able to be at the park for a full day. I think he's uh, gained more energy back, but he still has one okay. more surgery coming up. All right. All right. Uh, last question here from Cornell. 
Uh, and you can always tweet us here if you want to get a question in. What's your what is your guess about where the Rangers will be record wise and confidence wise when Ross joins the rotation and when Hamels returns? I have no idea how to today is the nineteenth, so I'll just say for Ross, I'm going to give it ten more games. So in ten more games, I will put them two games over five hundred. I'll say five hundred if they play five hundred on this road trip. That's great. Yeah, this isn't. I know the Blue Jays are at the end and they're not a good team this year, but I think Detroit's a decent team, and then it's Boston. Yep. I I. I know Boston hasn't got off to the best starts. They're over 500. But yeah, but we're still facing Chris Sale. And, and they have a good lineup. Yeah. It's surprising their lineup has just been okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's uh, the Halloween Calm Podcast. He's Mike Bassett. I'm Jared Sandler. Tune in next week. Thank you.